the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In Washington, the Trump administration has unveiled a new prescription drug discount plan. We get details from White House correspondent Greg Cluxton. The plan would take now-hidden rebates enjoyed by drug companies and insurers and channel them directly to consumers when they go to pay for their medications. Patients with high drug co-pays stand to benefit the most from the proposal. And Health Secretary Alex Azar is asking Congress to provide the prescription discount to all patients, not just those covered by government programs like Medicare. Some Democrats say the plan doesn't do enough to lower high prices. Greg Clugston, Washington. Virginia Governor Ralph Northam standing firm today says he will not step down amidst broad demands for his resignation. Over a blatantly racist photograph in his 1984 medical school yearbook, the school is now investigating. This is SRN News. Us Minnesotans, we're tough, and we know cold. But the Patriot is putting your safety first by moving Prepare and Respond on air. Join us Sunday, February 10th at 6 p.m. on our sister station, AM 980 The Mission. Our keynote speakers will still present on blocking cyber threats, planning for a crisis situation, and more. But now you can listen from the comfort and safety of home. Thanks to our sponsor, Henningsen and Snoxall. This station or its management. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing. The shining spot of red in the sea of dismal, dingy, institutional blue. Uh, my name, Mitch Berg. Uh, my blog, shotinthedark.info, very carefully pronounced. My game, uh, bringing the truth to a city, a metro area that direly, direly, desperately needs it. And that's what we're doing here. Oh, by the way, I'm also filling in for Brad Carlson, who's off on assignment today. I, I'm told there's some major sports event today. That event, of course, being... Uh, people like myself celebrating the three-week anniversary uh, before the launching of spring training for pitchers and catchers. I think we're down to two weeks anyway, actually. So that's what we're. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm here to celebrate. I don't know. What about you? How you doing? Anyway, uh, what else is going on here today? Oh, there's. It's just a huge, huge show here today. It's one of those weeks when I swear, if one of you people out there who writes a lot of big checks for sponsors wanted to. Uh, say, feed the kitty for a uh, morning drive talk show on a major uh, talk radio network, I'd be amenable to talking because, honestly, there is so much stuff going on here today that I could use three hours a day, five days a week to get through it all and keep this little two-hour repast on the weekends just for the fun stuff. But 
Oh, well, such is not the case. I've got to solve the problems of the world in the two hours a week I have a lot. By the way, Brad Carlson will be uh, back next week, and all will be back right with the world here. But in the meantime, you got me. And I enjoy being here, quite frankly, because it's a little different vibe here on Sunday. Uh, usually a little more relaxed, a little more laid back than the uh, the Saturday show, which, of course, has got that hustle and bustle of major market radio going on. <laughs> I can't keep a straight face. It's, it's a little crazier on uh, Saturdays. Normally... Today, well, you know how they say never let him see you sweat, and uh, that's that's exactly what I'm not going to do. Anyway, uh, nonetheless, being a, a thoroughgoing professional, I am going to do a thoroughgoingly professional show, and that's exactly what you've come to expect, those of you who've heard me on the Saturday broadcast. That, that'll be what you get. So I've got two real subjects, and it's really hard to untangle them right now. Uh, two subjects I really wanted to talk about in the first hour here today, uh, and and they are inextricably tied together in today's news. One of them is this story that has pretty much every conservative in America, especially every conservative person of faith in America, absolutely uh, outraged and justifiably so. One of those things that uh, one of those stories that that kind of reminds you why it is that what that you stay conservative even if the Republican party lets you down uh sometimes as as it all too frequently has uh ever since I've been involved in politics uh the the story of the of the laws that have passed in a number of states that have basically taken and, and flipped the abortion debate on its head actually and when i say flipped it on its head i mean have actually done with the debate exactly what those of us wags who have been framing the other side of this debate as long as we can remember uh, said it would be. But we'll come back to that because I want to tie this in with a story that was all the rage, I don't know, over the summer, back in the back in the fall and into summer here, uh, when Anthony Kennedy retired from the Supreme Court and Donald Trump uh, nominated Ken, uh, Kavanaugh, now Justice Kavanaugh, for the Supreme Court. The left's big smear machine came out in force. They, they came out like a biblical plague of locusts going after uh, Brent Kavanaugh's high school yearbooks, his records in college, his things that he said. And, and he, by the way, Brent Kavanaugh has the what is becoming, as time goes on, a rarer and rarer blessing. He had the, the blessing, truly in this day and age, a gift from God one that I share, of growing up at a time before everything you thought and did was recorded for eternity on social media. I don't know if those of you who are younger than, say, 40 know what that's like. It's a wonderful thing. There's things that happen in everyone's childhood, everyone's adolescence, everyone's early adult years when, especially in the male psyche, the hormones are still running hot and things, intelligence hasn't caught up uh, and and boundaries have not quite been learned yet uh, that you may, you, reg- you know you're going to regret later, but you do anyway, or frequently you don't know you're going to regret later. I have one of those to share with you in a moment here. Brett Kavanaugh clearly may have had some, and, of course, Big Left's smear machine was more than happy to fill in more wherever fact left them short and and engaged in a long, concerted effort to smear the name of Brett Kavanaugh uh, by by finding things that he that were left about him in, in terms of yearbook entries and, and various things that did exist back in the 1980s 
And some things, of course, that didn't. I mean, three of his four accusers were patent liars. And one of them uh, wound up with no corroborating witnesses and quite a few, quite a bit of exculpatory evidence that indicated that she had a lot of it wrong. Uh, that's being charitable. She may have had virtually none of it right, uh, at least vis-a-vis Brent Kavanaugh. My opinions on that are, are a subject for another show, and that show happened months ago. So I'm not going to rerun it here. Suffice to say, going over stuff that people did 30 years ago, back when they're when they were quite, there's a word for it. Back when they were immature, that's the word for it. Back when a, a, an intelligent society doesn't necessarily expect one to have the answers to everything uh, nailed down in in their mind. Uh, that's why we don't let. Uh, people sign contracts until they're 18. It's ostensibly why we don't let people uh, drink until they're 21, which, by the way, strikes me as extremely backwards to me. <laughs> you could sign a contract that can ruin your life uh, when you're eight, uh, 18, but you can't have a beer. And, and I know irresponsible behavior is irresponsible behavior at any age. And Behaving irresponsibly when you're just not smart and mature enough to know what is bad behavior, oh, it happens. And I, I, we can tell you that that, that that is an issue. Now, Brett Kavanaugh clearly has sowed some wild oats in his teens, although not as wild as the average teenager seemed to have done, even in the 1980s. That's right, kids. Things got a little wild back then, too. Uh, you Kids today did not invent the party, I'm here to tell you. Can I get an amen? I thought I could. But the, 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 the that didn't stop Big Left from finding what it needed to and making up the rest. Now, I bring this up because Virginia Governor Northam had a no good, very bad week as far as his career plans went this week. We'll see what happens. He's not going to resign. In fact, I'm going to predict he never has to resign. In fact, my prediction right here and now Feel free to write this down and come back to me about this on February 3rd, uh, 2019. No, 2020. (laughs) It's already 2019. A year from today, come back and tell me I'm wrong on this. Virginia Governor Northam will be rehabilitated. He will spend his year virtue signaling with the same volume with which Pete Townsend plays the guitar or played the guitar in his heyday, loudly, ostentatiously, brashly, intensely, nonstop. He will virtue signal like Tim Waltz trying to win the DFL endorsement. And a year from now, he will be considered rehabilitated. In fact, I would almost lay odds that there will be a piece in, I don't know, the New York Times or the Washington Post, probably the Washington Post, entitled, and I quote, the rehabilitation of Governor Northam. I guarantee it. I mean, I, I can't say I guarantee it, but I would bet money on it if I ever bet money, which I don't. But if I did, I would work with that. I mean, if Louis C.K. was able to rehabilitate himself in the eyes of maybe not every progressive but certainly enough to get his comedy career back and not just get it back, but get it back within a year. Well, that's kind of, that's kind of the way it works. And, and, and 
if it's just a stand-up comic and an actor and he can get his uh, career back within a year, what do you suppose a governor that gives Big Left what it wants on command is going to get? What kind of treatment can you expect from him? What kind of treatment can you expect for him from the media that worked overtime to put him into office in the first place? You know exactly what you could expect. This is the same media that has been soft-pedaling Ilhan Omar's anti-Semitism for two years, and now that she's off to Washington and on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, they're soft-pedaling it even softer. Anyway, so I predict that Governor Northam will be, quote, rehabilitated, end quote, within the year, and by the time of the next election, it will not just be forgotten, it will be aggressively forgotten if you catch my drift, and I hope you do. It will be forgotten in the same sense that uh, people that anger the mob get disappeared. All right. Big media, big lefty media will make sure that it's forgotten, that it's never spoken about in polite company. That's the way it works. That's one thing you can expect when you're a Democrat politician, Uh, a a female politician friend of mine who uh, looked at what Ilhan Omar has been saying throughout her entire political career, said, if I had said the right-wing equivalent of any of those things, the media would be calling for me to be burned at the stake. That's a close paraphrase. And they're right. The media watches out for them. Anyway, Governor Northam will be rehabilitated. Mark my words. But I'm just going to back up a little bit and talk a little bit about the idea of of why people deserve to lose their careers. Now, the allegations are, and the allegations uh, are for which Governor Northam initially apologized and threw himself on the mercy of the court before saying, oh, it wasn't really me. I'm going to take a mulligan on that apology. Uh, it was is that he uh, appeared allegedly in a Klan robe and blackface in a uh, sixth grade pageant in 1979. No, wait. No, in, 20, in, 19, in sixth grade, he would have been 12 years old and completely uh, immature and, and hard to expect him to be anything but a, but a bobble-headed, hormone-driven adolescent or even a pre-adolescent at that point. Uh, so if he were 12 years old, it would be a sign of bad parenting. Perhaps a sign that some teacher needed to get taken out to the woodshed for allowing it to go forward. It was, in fact, in his medical school yearbook when pretty much by definition, he's somewhere between the ages of 21 and 28. More or less, possibly older, very rarely younger. And so. Understanding, physiologically speaking, that the male brain doesn't really get to be grown up until after the age of 25, somewhere between 25 and 30, it's entirely possible, notwithstanding the fact that he was in school to become one of the most responsible people in society, a doctor uh, responsible for life and death, literally, it's entirely possible, indeed likely, that he was undeveloped emotionally, mentally, uh, immature enough to think something like that was acceptable, even in the 1980s, even above age 21. I can understand that. And I'll tell you why I can understand that when we come back. Uh, By the way, the phone number to call, should you want to join me, 651-289-4488, the number to call. Oh, yeah, we're going to join up with the main topic of the day. Absolutely. You can count on it. Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot.
It's Randy for Arby's again. You know Arby's for repairing PCs, but did you know Arby's sells name brand computers and servers like HP and Lenovo? Arby's sells commercial grade PCs and laptops which are better than consumer grade. Stop by Arby's to see our selection today or find us on the web at rbsmn.com. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Us Minnesotans, we're tough and we know cold. But the Patriot is putting your safety first by moving Prepare and Respond on air. Join us Sunday, February 10th at 6 p.m. on our sister station, AM 980 The Mission. Our keynote speakers will still present on blocking cyber threats, planning for a crisis situation, and more. But now you can listen from the comfort and safety of home. Thanks to our sponsor, Henningsen & Snoxel. Relief Factor is made from high-quality fish oil and essential nutrients. Gives your body the help it needs to aid fighting recurring aches and pains. When life's aches and pains get you down, you need relief. Physicians made Relief Factor as an essential way to support the body's fight against aches and pains. It's a remarkable product. It has worked. I only endorse it because it helped my wife with her knee pain. I didn't even know she was taking it. Then when it was mentioned, she said, oh yeah, this stuff is is like magic. Look, there are people who've told me they've postponed or delayed or simply negated surgery because of Relief Factor. That's how powerful it is. Go to www.relieffactor.com, that's relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384, that's 800-500-8384. This remarkable product is called Relief Factor, relieffactor.com. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders Roofing. It is so exciting to think that the Lord loves us in such a way that He sent His Son to provide the way for us to be directed perfectly, gently, and effectively. C.S. Lewis bluntly stated this fact, Aim at heaven, and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, and you will get neither. None of us can serve two masters. We try, but we cannot do it. As the hymn says, Keep your eyes upon Jesus, and the things of the earth will grow strangely dim. I pray that we can be used by each other to exhort and edify the church and grow the real kingdom. This is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. We strive to have our standard be God's standard. One of the ways we do that is we regularly look to God's Word to examine our hearts and our motives because we try to glorify the Lord Jesus in everything we do. We strive to take these standards on your roof, on your gutter job, whatever it might be. Give us a call at 612-900-9166. Or look us up at thekingdombuilders.net. Welcome back to Twin Cities and World, AM 1280, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, Mitch Berg, in for Brad Carlson today. Join me, 651-289-4488. That's the number to call. You can also join me on Twitter at hashtag... Uh, Narn Show, that's N-A-R-N Show. Uh, operators are standing by uh, via both channels, so feel free to join me there. We'll uh, be looking for your questions, answering them uh, as needed, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get things taken care of here. So anyway, where were we at here? Oh, yeah. Talking about thing, people regretting things that happened when they were children. Now, Brett Kavanaugh, as he pointed out in his extremely eloquent uh, testimony before the committee that was uh, basically uh, where the Democrat uh, minority was trying to lynch him uh, live on television last fall, he pointed out that, yeah, he did things in his 20s that that he regretted deeply, that he uh, was 
that that he would love to have done a do-over on and not done. And I can honestly tell you uh, that everyone, I would suspect everyone out there, especially people who grew up in the age before social media, has some skeleton like that in their closet. It's almost uh, inevitable that they have something in there that someone can remember that they did that, that they would really wish would just go away. It's certainly that Brett. Ka- it's certain that Brent Kavanaugh had those episodes. As we've seen, it seems exceedingly likely that Governor Northam has done a couple things in his past that he would direly, direly like to uh, say didn't happen. I gotta say, and, and, and there's something to the idea that that since the male brain doesn't start stop growing doesn't stop developing until uh, the mid to late 20s sometimes the early 30s and i think it's getting later and later every year uh that so you might want to give people a, a a pass because on some not a pass completely obviously if they kill someone if they rob someone there's there should be consequences uh engaging in things that are just plain stupid at a time of one's life where your brain has not quite figured out the whole actions and consequences thing and is still being driven by things that you'll regret being driven by. Everyone will get regret being driven by at some point in their life. This is not saying boys will be boys, by the way. I can hear the feminists out there shrieking their faces purple about that right now. No, it's not saying boys will be boys. There do need to be consequences for actions. And, and, I think it's fair to say that both Kavanaugh and and Northam have had consequences, perhaps way, perhaps arguably way out of proportion with what actually happened. If you disbelieve uh, Kavanaugh's accusers, as I do, but on the other hand, people grow, people develop, people change. It's 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 for example, an amazing number of people depressing number of people, quite frankly, commit violent crimes in their 20s and then spend some time in prison, as is entirely just. And when they get out of prison, they're in their 30s or 40s or sometimes older, and they don't they don't kill people. They may go back to some form of life of crime because they don't know anything different, but it's not like someone kills someone when they're 18 spends 20 years in the joint, gets out at 38. Their brain has most definitely stopped growing, probably at whatever point that they went into prison. It stopped there, uh, unfortunately. But physiologically speaking, it kept going for a while, and they learned that the brain development completed and the overdose of hormones that makes young men frequently so, so dumb uh, stopped, paired back, got absorbed, got dealt with. And they get out, and while they may get involved in crime or thing people have intervened with them properly, they don't, which is even better. Uh, they don't go killing people. They don't go committing crimes of passion because, let's be honest, it's just harder to get passionate about much of anything when you get to be past about 35 or so. You got obligations, you got responsibilities, and your brain has developed, and you're not being driven by hormones anymore. That's why... Older adults of both genders make better bets for uh, in terms of signing contracts or doing th- being reliable and, and not doing stupid things. Anyway, Governor Northam, to say the least, 
is alleged to have done something deeply stupid, as was Brett Kavanaugh. I did the same thing. I did something in my teens and early 20s that I deeply regret. And I wish I could take back. I wish I could take back the year, the, the, the fact that that episode in my life ever happened. Because it embarrasses me deeply. And I can't say it would hurt anyone necessarily if it were to get out that that's what's going on, that happened in my teens and 20s. Uh, but it bothers me that it's out there. And I would not want it held against me today if it were to get out. Now, I'm going to get in front of the story here right now and tell you, I was a liberal Democrat. I grew up in a liberal Democrat household. My dad, uh, as I've said before in the past, uh, was a union guy. I think the last Republican he voted for was Dwight Eisenhower. And uh, I think he may have voted for Ralph Nader in 2000. He considered himself a moderate, but Nader in 2000. Come on. Uh, And... My mom, had she not been married with three kids by 1968, I'm fairly certain would have been a flower child. Uh, she worked for Heidi Heitkamp when she was running for the state legislature. I should tell you something. Uh, back then, it told you she was a liberal. Today, it tells you she's a moderate Democrat. We'll come back to that in just a moment here. But I grew up in a liberal family, and I was a liberal, and I wrote something. Actually, I was I, I got sent to Boys State, which was a, uh, a production of the American Legion. Uh, and it's it's in every state of the union, although it's a bigger deal in some states than others. It uh, I don't know that I've heard much about it in Minnesota, but it's kind of a big deal uh, in North Dakota, or at least it was back then. They basically sent five or six hundred teenagers from high schools across North Dakota to uh, to uh, basically live at North Dakota State for a week and do a mock government from the county level all the way up to the state level. They would like to mock governments at all these levels and, and pass bills and write, write bills, pass laws, dictate policies, and basically run a government for a week. It was very interesting. It was very educational. And I somehow got elected party chairman for the state. Don't know what it was. It happened on the first night there. I was a whirlwind. I had no idea what was going on. A bunch of people thought I was either very impressive or wanted to play a practical joke on me. But I got elected chairman of this Federalist Party. And I was in charge of running a, a, quote, statewide election, end quote, basically to try and win the governor's office, the executive offices and the state legislature. And we swept the governor's office and the constitutional offices. And we swept it in part because I wrote a platform that got copied and sent to every single person at Boys State that year that was basically entirely calculated to give a bunch of teenage boys exactly what they wanted, everything they wanted. It, would, it was full of things that I look back on now and, and go, good God, what was I thinking? It, it, it was things like in terms, in terms of redistribution of wealth, abolishing selective service, uh, switching over, abandoning nuclear power, switching over to entirely uh, renewable fuels so far to the left that I'm sure if Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez were to see this today, she'd be going, well, she'd dig it. Okay, she would totally dig it because it was totally written for that type of audience, the not very bright but audience that wants what they want and they want it now. 
Someone a little further towards the uh, outside the, the the lunatic fringe, perhaps. I, I used to joke Paul Wellstone would have looked at it and go, ah, "Mitch, you might want to dial it back just a tish here." And, and it was kind of hilarious because a few years later, uh, in my senior year, one of the guys who had been a uh, one of the uh, had been the head of the other party. Uh, the Nationalist Party uh, said, so oh, I remember you from Boise, who are both seniors in college at this point. So I remember you. Yeah, are you still a flaming liberal? Said, no, nah, I'm, I'm a fire-breathing Reaganite. I just didn't know what I was doing back then. And, and, and so as you could see, people do change over time. I, I have little, di- I mean, as we saw with me, I went from my jun- the summer between my junior and senior years of high school writing a party platform that would have made Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez bat her eyes at me, uh, let's just say, to, being, uh, to pulling, a, uh, pulling the, the lever for Ronald Reagan uh, a little over two years later, in 1980, three years later, 1984. I never told my parents about it, of course. They would have disowned me and kicked me out of the house, I'm fairly certain. But uh, th- I changed. And two years after that, I was hosting a conservative talk show here in the Twin Cities, which should tell you a little something about the completeness of my conversion. Now, did Governor Northam of Pennsylvania uh, appear in blackface and wearing a Klan hoodie? Not hoodie, Klan hood? I am inclined to think so. I'm also inclined to think, well... One can hope he grew up somewhere along the way, because most of us do. And most of us on both sides of the aisle who are castigating Governor Northam right now for this particularly tacky indiscretion probably have something they would just assume no opposition researcher ever finds. I get that. People grow up. People change. The brain develops. People develop. People learn. So I'm fairly certain that if you were to hypnotize Governor Northam and get out of him his innermost beliefs, he's not a Klansman. He would never, he, he knows that appearing in blackface is pretty grisly stupid. Just as Brett Kavanaugh knows that he is not a rapist and that I know that I'm not a liberal. But I'm here to suggest that while that is true, it's not the only thing we need to think about when it comes to Governor Northam. I think there's a reason the media is focusing on this rather than the real case against it. We'll come back to that in a moment. Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot. Go nowhere. Be right back. Some people say all good things must come to an end, but not standard heating and air conditioning. That's why they're extending their anniversary sale and making it even bigger and better. Now through the end of February, you can save an extra $500 on a new energy-efficient furnace and AC or boiler. That brings the grand total of savings to nearly $2,500. That's right, save nearly $2,500 on a new furnace and AC or boiler. That doesn't even include all the money in utility bills. These new efficient units will also save you. No wonder close to half a million of your fellow Minnesotans have also trusted standard heating since 1930. So while the comfort and savings will go on for years, this anniversary sale wraps up on February 28th. Don't wait. Learn more about saving up to nearly $2,500 on a new furnace and AC or boiler today at standardheating.com patriot. That's standardheating.com patriot. Standard heating and air conditioning. Comfort you deserve. 
Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-2013. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-2013. 800-444-2013. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say, you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. It's time to throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 1280 to Patriot hosts in high quality with Alexa and Amazon Echo. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, the number to call, should you care to join me, and I and I hope you will. Because this is a big week in the news. This is a week that I think is important to 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 keep in mind as we go forward. Because you recall, immediately after the rather disappointing midterm results, I said, okay. Be of good cheer, patriots. This is not the worst we've seen, although it's going to be a challenge. Obviously, it's going to be a challenge, but uh, don't don't jump off the ledge yet, just because the Democrats, being Democrats, will overreach, because that's what Democrats do. Dogs do their business on fire hydrants. Cats scratch your furniture. Democrats, when they get around power, use the power. And they abuse the power. It's what they do. They can't help it any more than teenage boys can avoid doing stupid things. And we're seeing that this week. We're seeing a lot of that this week. We're seeing it in St. Paul with the some of the bills that the DFL is introducing uh, for consideration in this session. And we're seeing it in Washington, D.C. And this brings us to a subject that I really, really wanted to talk to here today about. Because just to show the level of the overreach that's going on here, I'm just going to go back a couple of years right now. Back about this time, uh, two years ago, right after Donald Trump was inaugurated, when it, right after he was sworn in as president, and a, a whole lot of exceedingly dramatic liberals, let's call them progressives, because progressivism is not liberal. It's the opposite of liberal. It's authoritarian. Dennis Prager says it, and he's absolutely correct. 
progressivism is the modern authoritarianism. Uh, it's a greater danger to this country than Sharia law, than radical Islam, than communism, than, than socialism. It's worse than all those things. We'll come back to that probably next week. It's worth a whole show, let's be honest. But a bunch of people, well, first of all, the, uh, quite a few of them christened themselves the hashtag resistance, which on the one hand is stupid. I, I mean, it's it's claiming the legacy of a bunch of people who are much better than them, the people who fought against the Nazis, people who will actually kill them, who would have actually killed the resistance members and their families had they been caught, and they frequently did. It was one of the most dangerous things to be in the world during World War II was resisting the Nazis or the Japanese, if you happen to be in the Philippines. You were putting not only your life on the line, but your family's and frequently your neighbor's lives on the line by being in the real resistance. What are you... What are your progressive friends jeopardizing by being in the hashtag resistance? Nothing. <laughs> They're jeopardizing nothing. Their freedom is untouched. Donald Trump has done nothing has done nothing to them or their freedom and never will. Anyway, a few of them, people who were kind of over the edge with anger and fear and panic over Donald Trump's election but still clinging to the veneer of civility that, let's be honest, sometimes is all you have in a society that's beating itself up and each other up over things like politics every chance it gets. Uh, some of them came to me and said, Mitch, I'm not going to name names. It doesn't matter. They know who they Well, They may not know who they are anymore. Who knows? Uh, a few of them, more than one, came to me and said, Mitch, you're a Trump skeptic. Uh, yeah, true. I've disliked Donald Trump uh, since I was in my 20s. Uh, I disliked him in the mid-80s. I disliked his public persona, the way he did business, the way he did what he did, just the way he was. His whole, the whole era, uh, the whole aura of his celebrity annoyed me to no end. Still kind of does. But I don't know. Like as, I, as I said before the election, after he got nominated uh, to run on the Republican ticket, I said, you know, I'm going to have to give him a chance here. If he wins, which I didn't expect, we all know this, I didn't expect it, let's be honest, either did most of you. I, I said, you know, the best thing can happen is we get some good Supreme Court justices. So far, mission accomplished, by the way. If he were to resign today, I would call his presidency a success based on that alone. And if we get Ruth Bader Ginsburg replaced, Praying for her health, obviously. I want her. <laughs> I want her to leave walking, standing up, and and off to enjoy uh, a few more good, healthy years of her life, if you can possibly manage it, wherever she is, because she has she's been seen even less often than Mark Dayton lately. Uh, but anyway, hoping for her health. Want to see that seat replaced by a solid conservative. Anyway, uh, so anyway. Backing up to the actual point here, a number of these progressives who still maintain this veneer of civility, at least for a bit, said, Mitch, you're you're someone who's a Trump skeptic and yet a conservative. Uh, you're the kind of person that we, the progressives who seek the best for this country, uh, as I'm sure most of us do, uh, need to talk with about perhaps getting people to to get on board with with something a better idea than Donald Trump uh, for the next election or after the impeachment that a lot of them continue to insist is a possibility here between now and 2020. 
<laughs> They're so cute. Anyway. And I said, well, make your case. Go ahead. I mean, good luck. I mean, I'm a conservative. And, and there's a reason I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton or have not voted for a Democrat of any sort in well over 20 years. And then only an uncontested race <laughs> uh, where there was no Republican literally in the race whatsoever. This is St. Paul, right? It happens. So the they said, well, okay, I mean, politics is about compromise. In fact, the word compromise is sort of built into the original Greek root of the term compromise, uh, of the term politics. Uh, polity, the, the whole Paul word root that, from the ancient Greek, uh, is is the Greek word that eventually gets you down to the concept of compromising with people you disagree with and reaching an agreement that everyone can ha- at least half-heartedly get behind, which is what politics is then and now. <laughs> it's making a bad deal as good as possible for you and your constituents and the people who believe what you believe in. Well, that's fine. Where am I supposed to meet you? And this week we saw the Democrats' idea of of where we're supposed to meet halfway. Now, when I say halfway, the first question you should ask if you earn a living uh, analyzing problems, as I do, is halfway between what and what? Because halfway means different things depending on where the endpoints are. For example, halfway across the United States is halfway between, I don't know, uh, Augusta, Maine, and San Diego, California, which puts you somewhere in, I don't know, Kansas, I guess. Some point in Kansas is halfway. On the other hand, if you're in San Diego, halfway to Chicago is somewhere in, I think, Colorado, I think, somewhere, somewhere in there, northwestern, New, uh, northeastern New Mexico. It's It moves around. Ha- the halfway point moves depending on what the endpoints are. Halfway between one and ten is five. Halfway between one and five is two and a half. The halfway point moves depending on where the endpoints are. Now, conservatism, for all of the yapping about the big left, about how the Republican Party's moved to the right, it hasn't. It hasn't. If you're a Republican today and you listen to Ronald Reagan's A Time for Choosing speech, which came out just before the election 54 years ago, if you listen to that speech, he doesn't say anything that a movement conservative doesn't say today. If you read William F. Buckley's Sharon Declaration, which basically spelled out the the parameters of modern conservatism in 1960, I think it was 1960, maybe 59, basically spelled out the the parameters of, of Buckley, Kemp, Reagan, Goldwater conservatism. There's nothing in there that a conservative, that any of you listening to this station today, can't get behind. Whereas if you showed Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez a copy of the Democrat Party platform or John F. Kennedy's campaign platform from 1960 and took all the Democrat Party references and names off it, they would shun it as being far right. The Democrats have moved hard to the left. And so what they're asking us to compromise on right now, what they're asking us to meet in the middle of, is the middle between things that we've seen this past week, that if you're a conservative, nay, if you're a human being, you cannot tolerate. 
I thought about this this last week because uh, over the past week, uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez sent out a tweet that I thought, I mean, it passed without a lot of uh, hullabaloo, which is probably good news for Representative Ocasio-Cortez because of all the stupid things she's tweeted, quote, I forget what the, there should be a better past tense word than tweeted, but there isn't. Maybe that'll be my mission for the next year. Uh, she, she, she put out a tweet that of all the stupid things that she has said via the medium of Twitter, in some ways, this was the most chilling, horrifying thing that Tide Pod Evita has ever written. And, and, and here it is. And I quote, We cannot allow the financing of misinformation campaigns to shape our democracy. We can disagree on policy, but climate change is real, period. Proud to have joined somebody on this letter asking for greater responsibility to our democracy and planet. Uh, And and by the way, this is regarding a a letter in which... uh, Various movers and shakers, including Ms. Ocasio-Cortez, is taking big tech, uh, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, to task for their role in climate denial. And so, really, there's two points in this in this bobbleheaded tweet. We can disagree on policy, but climate change is real, period. And anytime someone ends an argument with period, you know that the sentence before, I mean, not a period, not a dot, but the word period, as in there is no further discussion you know they're an idiot. Period. Wait. You can see what I did there, right? Yeah, no, that wasn't. So, that was completely self-referential. Anyway, that's that's just play, you know taking a stupid, illogical, factually void uh, argument and ending it with period or end of sentence or full stop is a sign that you're dealing with someone who has never learned how to argue with an adult like an adult, which seems to apply to Representative Ocasio-Cortez. But here's the part. I mean, that's just a stupid argument. People on both sides do that. The the lack of command of basic logic to say nothing of fact on on the part of people under the age of, I don't know, 45 these days, with some great exceptions, obviously, Ben Shapiro, uh, should horrify anyone who's thinking about the next generation. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a terrible example but a very accurate one. But the first sentence she wrote, this should keep you up at night. This is what one of the most powerful women in America thinks. We cannot allow the financing of misinformation campaigns to shape our democracy. In other words, we have to control what people say. We, being the government, have to control what people say about our democracy and how we run this country because we can't have people disagreeing with her official line on climate change. We're supposed to meet people halfway when this is what they say? Oh, it gets worse. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 12A, the Patriot. Go nowhere. AM 12A, the Patriot. If you've ever wanted to learn how to dance, now is your chance. My name is Paul Burtas. My wife Natalie and myself own and operate American Classic Ballroom in Victoria, Minnesota. Two left feet, no problem. Date night, we've got you covered. Wedding dance, we are the experts. Call us today at 952-934-0900 and get 10% off any package of private lessons. That is 952-934-0900 or find us on the web at acballroom.com. That's acballroom.com. It may not be stomach issues. 
For me, it's intense gas, or pain, or diarrhea, sometimes all at once, over and over. I spent years with the symptoms, but could never figure it out. No matter what I did, they never went away. So I decided to break it down for my doctor and get really specific about my symptoms. We discovered that exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, may be the reason for my stomach issues. EPI is caused by my pancreas. It leads to diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. The symptoms just don't go away. But EPI can show up with even one symptom. The good news? EPI is manageable. But to get to the right diagnosis, you have to break it down for your doctor and get specific about the severity of your symptoms. Visit IdentifyEPI.com to learn more and use the symptom checker to help change the conversation with your doctor. Brought to you by AbbVie. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No, no wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. It's long, over a thousand chapters, over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, the number to call should you care to join me, and I hope you do. We're talking about the whole idea of of meeting the other side halfway, meeting progressives halfway, uh, uh, between people who are, well, progressives, Democrat voters, and people who uh, are Trump skeptics on the right. There's a number of us out there, some people I know who are... I, I know some very good people, very hardworking people, people who are distinctly very honorable people who supported Donald Trump 100 percent for very good reasons. And I'm with them. I'm not a Donald Trump fan. Uh, as I've said, I, I am a skeptic. I have also approve of much of what he's done in terms of policy so far in his presidency. I also uh, will continue to hold him accountable. And guess what? If Scott Walker had been elected as I wanted, I'd be looking to hold him accountable because personality cults are stupid. And I don't say that just to dismiss them, saying I'm just stupid, like an eighth grader or a freshman congressperson from the Bronx. I say it because it is indeed a recipe for stupidity, as as it is. End of sentence. Uh, Personality cults make people stupid. They act like mobs. And, uh, and and by the way, Donald Trump's presidency has brought out 
the worst in the mob that opposes him. Anyway, uh, but 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 I'm asked, and I, I'm sure a number of you are asked as well. Well, if we're if you don't like Donald Trump, you, you, you Republican Party conservative who doesn't like what Donald Trump necessarily means to the future of the Republican Party, what do you want to do about it? Could you make common cause with us progressives, with us liberals, and, and perhaps we can go somewhere? Well, I'd say if your position on the First Amendment tracks with that of Representative Ocasio-Cortez, the idea that, and I quote, we cannot allow the financing of misinformation campaigns to shape our democracy. In other words, we can't allow the financing of points of view that dissent from mine to shape democracy. In other words, we cannot allow opinions that dissent from mine to shape our democracy. In other words, we can't allow dissent in our democracy. Yet factor out the fluff, that is exactly what she is saying. We cannot allow dissent in our, quote, democracy, end quote. Can I meet that halfway? Let's see, what is halfway between unrestricted free speech and censorship? Little bit of censorship? No, I will not meet you halfway. If you repudiate Representative Ocasio-Cortez, we can talk. If you repudiate her good and hard, we can talk. You're not going to do that. You probably agree with Michael Moore, who came out this past week and said that she is the future of the Democratic Party. And in fact, we Democrats should work to amend the Constitution to repeal that 35-year limit. You have to be 35 or older uh, when sworn in to become president. We should work on repealing that, proving that Michael Moore has not the foggiest idea how the Constitution works. Uh, But that's fine. I, by the way, mark this down in your calendars along with this that other stuff I told you to mark down earlier. Uh, I hope, I agree with Michael Moore. All you Democrats out there, get behind Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Make her not only the policy leader of your party, but the intellectual standard bearer. And and throw yourself into that whole amend the Constitution thing for the next couple of years, by the way, too. Do it. I beg of you. I pray that you get in line and march behind Tide Pod Evita. That would make my day. Mark it down. I just agreed with Michael Moore. So where was I? Oh, yeah. So you want to meet? You want to meet halfway between unrestricted free speech and censorship? No, I won't meet you halfway done deal let's see oh there are times i used to regret just because it's so inflammatory uh, referring to uh, abortion as infanticide because literally it wasn't it uh technically speaking infanticide is killing the baby after the baby's born whereas before it comes out technically it's abortion although you and i since we care about science, know that a baby is, in fact, a unique human being with unique DNA from the moment of conception on. And so it is, if not a viable human, uh, it is intended to be a viable human if everything goes well. And that's really the same thing. Uh, so and yet we've had because we live in a system where people have to disagree on things and still get along. Uh, we have abortion. We have abortion. on demand. By the way, the numbers have been dropping which I think has got the Democrats really nervous. People are getting more pro-life out there. If you get outside the, the, the loony bins of the, of the inner metro areas uh, and, and 
get away from the clutches of big feminism, the number of abortions in this country is dropping rapidly, actually. So chalk it up is not a big win, but uh, a start. Sometimes it's what you got to get. I used to feel a little bad about framing the other side, calling it infanticide in as many words. Not anymore. I mean, Governor Northam has been catching a lot of flack, deservedly so, for saying, yeah, he'd be all for infanticide, as in, quote, aborting, end quote, a baby that has been born, but they haven't decided if they want it yet. That's infanticide. So, and, and by the way, this has been accepted as policy in a couple states. By the way, I was told, I said he was the governor of Pennsylvania. It's Virginia. I mixed the two up because he eats scrapple in both states. And ew. Anyway, the... Uh, I'll explain it some other time. Don't worry about it. Uh, If you want me to meet you halfway between respect for life, period, and abortion well past the birth of the child, what's the halfway point in there? The halfway point in there is not something I could find morally acceptable. You're going to have to renegotiate that particular endpoint because I'm not meeting you halfway on that one. Uh, On Medicare for all? On socializing medicine, what is the the halfway point between great, stupid socialism and a free market? I'm not sure there is one. How about about the midpoint between identity politics and Dr. Martin Luther King's speech, judging people by their character, not their skin? What is the halfway point? Let me know, AM12A, The Patriot. Go nowhere. It gets better. Don't keep your distance Have I said too much? We work hard our entire lives to provide for our families with the hope one day to enjoy our retirement. Our whole lives we've been told what to do with our investments and now we're nervous that we may not have enough to live the life we want. Learn to be the best steward of your money at Online Trading Academy We offer a free investing class. Dial pound 250 on your cell phone, use keyword OTA, or go to learnwithota.com. Get up first thing, smoke a cigarette before lunch, after lunch. Now that I'm talking about it, I'm kind of feeling like I've lost about four hours of every day. I decided I needed to find an alternative. So I started looking and then Juul came up. I did both for a while. It eventually I just switched over and it's very quick. Mimi made the switch July 2015. Make the switch at JUUL.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Do you have a pressure washer in your shop? Have you been keeping up on the maintenance? Looking for scale buildup in the coil? Lubricating the unloader valve? Changing the pump oil? Things need to be done to keep your machine running at peak performance. Let American Pressure take the worry of pressure washer maintenance off your plate. Call us today to line up a preventative maintenance schedule. 763-521-4442. What do basketball, choir, drama club, and marching band all have in common? They're all high school activities that offer learning opportunities not necessarily found in the classroom. They take up just a fraction of a typical Minnesota high school's budget, and they go a long way to giving young people the tools they need to thrive. High school activities, they're more than extracurricular. They're extra important, too. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. 
Hello, I'm Mark Stoneman, president of WNAV Audiovisual. WNAV Audiovisual provides equipment and technicians for events of all sizes, from a handful of people to large ballrooms and convention centers as well. We also provide installation services for churches, schools, and corporations. No matter how many people are at your event, WNAV has the technicians and expertise along with the equipment to make each event successful. Audiovisual services include equipment such as sound systems, microphones, projection systems with screens, laptops, draping, lighting, and all the related equipment, and also web streaming services. So your meeting can go beyond the four walls of your space. WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Please contact us at wnav-video.com. AM 12. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.